Welcome to No Compromise Radio, a ministry coming to you from Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. No Compromise Radio is a program dedicated to the ongoing proclamation of Jesus Christ. Based on the theme in Galatians 2, verse 5, where the Apostle Paul said, But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. In short, if you like smooth, watered-down words to make you simply feel good, this show isn't for you. By purpose, we are first biblical but we can also be controversial. Stay tuned for the next 25 minutes as we're called by the divine trumpet to summon the troops for the honor and glory of her king. Here's our host, Pastor Mike Abendroth. Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. My name is Mike Abendroth. Don't forget, if you'd like to order the book, Sexual Fidelity, No Compromise, you can go to nocompromiseradio.com and order it online there. If you want to order 10 or more for a Bible study, make sure you email me, mike at nocompromiseradio.com. We'll make sure we get you a good price and a discount and all that other stuff. Uh, Perfect for both men and women, but I think the men's groups will especially find it helpful, especially if you are wanting some kind of wild at heart deal. (laughs) This isn't it. It's the antithesis of it. Hopefully much more biblical. Today is part two. In the studio today is my friend, fellow co-laborer. Fellow co-laborer? I mean, that's too many prefixes, I think. Pradeep Tilak is here. Pradeep has his PhD at Southern Seminary. He's got his MDiv at Southern Seminary. Uh, he has his, where'd you get your bachelor's? At WPI? Uh, no, it was in Clarkson University. Oh, Clarkson. Uh, wow. Very impressive. I stand corrected. That was my master's. My bachelor's is from India. So you have two masters. That's correct. Uh, all right. So Pradeep, uh, if you have not listened to the interview with him last week, you can pull that up. And I want to just catch up our listeners a, a little bit today, and we'll talk about your salvation and your family and stuff like that. But welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Now, are you more nervous this particular episode or less nervous? Uh, I'll find out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great joys of gospel ministry is to see how God saves and then equips and then grows people into uh, gospel maturity, as Paul would talk about in Ephesians 4. And so, Pradeep, for the record, on the record, I just want to say what a joy it is to to watch your life, uh, to see you as a young man who, I think you were a Christian, but you just didn't really know why you were a Christian, (laughs) and then to learn and to grow. And I know you give all the praise to the Lord, and He's the one that deserves it. But just to see you learn and grow, and I'll tell you, to stick around at a church for 18, 19 years— There are many benefits, but one is uh, then the pastor gets to see how the Lord will grow people. And so from a brand, um, not a brand new Christian, but from an immature Christian to a maturing Christian to a mature Christian, and then an elder here at Bethlehem Bible Church, and then off around the world, you go to teach and to do conferences and all that stuff. I'm just really, really happy that the Lord will let me see uh, what he's done in your life. Thank you. It's... uh... It's it's uh, it's some things we don't think in life. I would have never imagined one day I'll be sitting next to you doing a conference show. And uh, can I maybe encourage the pastors who are listening uh, in terms of uh, Paul's exhortation to Timothy? And I think that's one of the things, you know, in our church, uh, you have done well and you've trained men to do well, that they would uh, equip the saints and let the next generation of men 
uh, to understand the word and to equip others also. Mm. Well, and then there are just the wonderful benefits of then friendship. Uh, then we have a camaraderie as we serve God's people here at the church. One of the things, pastors, I can tell you is if you will invest in the lives of other people, especially men, then they will come and help hold your arms up as uh, Moses' arms were held up Pradeep uh, for many years, worked full time and then poured hours into the ministry here at the local church. Uh, you are a software QA guy, and now you don't have a job in that industry. I do want to say that if you're a college uh, president or a college provost, and you need someone to teach systematic theology, apologetics, or something like that, Pradeep, you're looking uh, for an opportunity right now uh, in light of your education at Southern, correct? That is correct, yes. And uh, you can send all finders fees to nocompromiseradio.com. Oh, yeah. uh, but seriously, if you have uh, an opportunity and you're a school and you'd like to have someone teach systematic theology, apologetics, what else do you love teaching? Um, I love teaching everything in MDiv. Okay, well, we have an Institute for Biblical Studies here at the church, and Pradeep leads that program, and he leads it well. All kinds of classes, from hermeneutics to systematic theology. Did you teach Greek or Hebrew? Uh, not yet. Okay, um, but others have. Yes, we Okay, have. would you be able to teach Greek and Hebrew? Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> See, that's why Pradeep scares me. Is it just like, okay. Pradeep, tell us a little bit about your uh, conversion, Right? So theologically, conversion is, you know, from our perspective, this is what happened to us. And of course, you can talk about the Lord's salvation and then your conversion. But how did God save you and when and what were the particular circumstances? Um, as I said, I was um, born and raised in this Christian uh, family and I was a regular attender of the Church of South India. And so when I used to go to these uh, Sunday services, I assumed that I was a Christian. But then uh, when I was about 13, 14, I realized that my life was not conforming to everything that I was reading from the scripture. But when I looked at the people in the church, I assumed, well, maybe this is how people live. You know, they read one thing, say one thing, and then they live another complete duplicitous life in their hearts. And so as a 15-year-old, I was a very um, conformist kid. So everybody in the church said, oh, that's the nice Christian kid. And only I knew uh, the depths of depravity in my own heart as the Spirit of God was already doing some work. He was exposing uh, the uh, the f faults in my uh, life, as it were. There were certain events in our life as our family was going through some difficulties. Uh, there were uh, moral challenges that I was facing and yet uh, assuming that this is the way that I want to live, mainly because I took pleasure in my sin. And so the remarkable way of uh, how God brought about my conversion was, uh, here I was, it was a, a season of Lent, and as our church is a more organized, um, what we call a high church, there were uh, services during this Lenten period, and uh, they actually invited a guest preacher to come uh, one of these Fridays when they were preaching about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this preacher comes up, stands up on the podium, like right up on the top, I'm about 200 feet away, and um, and this man is preaching with his eyes closed. I don't recommend that for people, but this man was preaching with his eyes closed, head lowered, and he was just giving me the pure, simple gospel. And as I was watching him, the Word of God was just so powerful. It was as if the Lord 
from heaven was speaking down to this one individual that needed that his sin could not be hidden and i was just standing there with my sin exposed and the greatness of the savior and as i heard the gospel i i remember you know there's just one of two choices for me one bow my knee and submit to the savior or two cease living because i couldn't hide from this great and awesome god who knows every single thing that i do and as i was uh, walking back i remember you know i love my pleasure a lot i i really don't want to give this up and then the spirit of god was working in my heart and i and i remember the moment when it just became yes god is more beautiful more grand more um precious than anything else that i wanted and there was a um uh, you know mine was one of those instantaneous conversions when that happened it just became like the weight just fell off i just remember the first few weeks were like a honeymoon i was just crying i was just reading the word and the word just became like the lord speaking to me um and then that was that was the beginning of a journey that's now been many many years since but if people want to order your dissertation it's published by amazon isn't it tell us how you'd get that book um yeah so if you google worldview apologetics and pradeep tilak i'm sure it'll bring it up on amazon uh, and uh if somebody was going to just read a general apologetics intro they might not uh it's going to be harder because it's a dissertation level but how, what could a layman glean from the book even though it's written at a high level um yes this book is not intended for public popular reading public that's not <laughs> the right term but um the first chapter actually brings out the broader sense of what apologetics is but then this book uh, brings out various aspects of apologetics um but it also gives you a example toward a specific type of hinduism so if you are considering doing apologetics with someone that you know that has a very fixed world view they don't want to listen to you i think this shows you how to do presuppositional apologetics in a step by step way i think chapters 4 5 and 6 do that engagement of a christian with a with a hindu and then it shows you know here is how you would do it in a way that honors christ that is gentle and respectful to the unbeliever that you're speaking with and does not compromise the truth of the gospel um Pradeep, when uh, go ahead what else did you want to say and, and there are a few other aspects uh, as well in if you are struggling in terms of understanding what method of apologetics you use and how can it be more biblical a few of the other chapters focus on why you want to rely heavily upon god and his word while you come to apologetics rather than just you know trying to just fill yourself with data and logic Pradeep, as you look at the culture here in America, you've lived in India and then now here. How has Hinduism affected the American culture and uh, her thought processes? I think over the past several decades, uh, India's Hinduism has, well, not decades, it's over a century now, uh, right from Vivekananda bringing it to uh, the Chicago uh, World Religion Conference, uh, Hinduism has made inroads either directly or indirectly. Uh actually right now I can see temples in Massachusetts uh, as more Indians bring explicit worship of Hindu deities uh, to this country. But I think more implicitly, you know, I think the form that most people will recognize right away is yoga. 
Uh, most people recognize the physical benefits of yoga, but most people also do not know the roots of yoga in Hindu religion. And um, when you think of um, spirituality, most of the gurus that you hear about today who will not use the term Hindu really use, borrow the worldview of like Vedanta, which is uh, uh, the philosophical system that my book deals with. And they borrow and import these understandings of the nature of reality. What is, who is God? Who is man? And uh, with that broken, flawed understanding, they try to help Americans in terms of how to be spiritually in a better place or even physically in a better place. And I think uh, this country, we want to be more aware of the roots of this Hinduism that is permeating our culture. Now, Pradeep, I know you're not really a big pop culture guy, but you get out once in a while and do certain things and you observe the new Star Wars movie is, is out. Should con Christians be concerned how much Hinduism is in the Star Wars franchise? Do you think about it? Uh, what's your take on Star Wars? <laughs> I have a confession to make. This is going to be a good one. I could almost tell you what he's going to say, but this is going to be good, and it makes good radio. Go, go, go ahead, please. <laughs> Let's see if you guessed it right, Pastor Mike. I had not watched the Star Wars movies until two weeks ago. Well, I was right except for the two weeks ago. I thought you just hadn't watched them at all. Okay. <laughs> what happens is I have a teenager in my home, and uh, she was curious about Star Wars. So I said, well, this is PG-13 or pg and I will watch you as long as we have a conversation about it afterward. And so we ended up watching the movie and then uh, I didn't have to actually have a conversation because she comes to BBC and she could pick out all the flaws right off the bat. And my wife was saying, well, do Christians actually think that this could have a... Because I think she heard from somewhere that people look at Star Wars and say, hey, maybe this has got a Christian theme to it. And she said, who would be saying such a thing. That's right. How about, uh, speaking of your family, tell us about your wife and how you met her. Pradeep, especially interesting to me, because now that I've gotten to know you and I've been to India several times, there's quite a large Indian community uh, in Worcester. And to me, when I think about arranged marriages and love marriages, and I, what used to strike me as very odd and weird uh, it doesn't strike me that way at all. Tell us about how you met your wife, and I love Sunita. I don't know if I, 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 I don't know if I would say to myself, you know, do you know what? Like with my wife, I mean, the only reason, uh, you know, half the people are here is because my wife is dear to them, and she's so sweet and carries the load. And if it wasn't for my wife, <laughs> I'm a goner. And I know you think the same way. We have wives that are very similar in that regard, don't we? Amen. Amen. Um, uh, honestly, if my wife hadn't um, prayerfully encouraged me over and over again, I wouldn't have even started the MDiv program. And um, you, she's a godly woman. And let me let me begin with the, how we uh, got introduced. There was one factor and one factor alone that we were looking for in each other. Is she a believer? Is he a believer? And that was it. I, when we were ready to get married, um, neither of us saw each other. I was in this country. She was in India. Our parents uh, knew uh, the, each other. Uh, they knew their uh, 
her parents knew me as a guy who trusted in the Lord and likewise my parents of her. And so they proposed and uh, would you be interested in this girl? I said, well, is she a believer? And the answer was yes. And then Sure. And uh, I think in one of in your book, Pastor Mike, on sexual fidelity, I think you give some counseling for children in terms of getting married. And I think the last thing was relax. And I think, you know, when you trust in the Lord, you're not breaking any biblical commands. You know, you're not looking at an unbeliever. You can trust the Lord for the things that he would accomplish. And uh, at that time, I had no idea how much God had prepared Sunita and he was preparing me for this marriage and um, we got married in 2000 and the one thing I can say about her is she was raised with a strong knowledge of the word and everything she does is driven by that understanding of truth um, you know normally we look at um, women as being emotional you know they just want to do sometimes the things men are these guys who are solid and and you know we just go by the book <laughs> My wife is the, it's reversed. She is the solid one. And that's why when I was talking about Star Wars, she's like, well, here's the theology behind it. You know, the force, come on. <laughs> well, Pradeep, thinking of the book as well, I personally, let's say someone's interested in one of my daughters. Can I take your daughter out on a date? And I basically say no, but you can get to know me and I vet them and work through all those issues. And I'm closer to what we would call an arranged marriage than probably most people because I want to be involved in helping my daughters and of course my son too, but not think emotionally and not think romantically without thinking biblically as well. And I say to myself, how does God arrange the marriage for his son? It is with an arrangement and I don't, it doesn't strike me oddly at all. Now you have two families, both born again, and they see their children and they see some propensities of this one would be matched well with this one. What do you think? It's not forced upon you guys. You could say yes or no. And uh, now it doesn't strike me oddly at all. Uh, but what does strike me oddly on the flip side is two people without any parental supervision see each other, think they're attractive, go spend some time together, begin sleeping together, and then say get married. Uh, that's the odd one to me now. Sadly, I think uh, the church today is imbibing this culture of independence as well as well values that are coming from the world into the church and i think uh, what you said is exactly right pastor mike i think we need to bring the parents and the uh, next generation of men and women to look at the bible and say you know how do i trust god in the process of marriage rather than presume to be the one who is in charge doing it things my way which happens to be the way of the world how many times can we just look back? I know this is not the best evidence. Anecdotal evidence never is, but it, it does confirm. Think about uh, maybe listeners, uh, how God protected you from marrying a certain person, and then you married the one you did. Uh, I think that's what happened with me and with Kim. And I think to myself, how could he plan it all? I mean, what kind of ministry would I have without my wife? And the answer would be, I wouldn't have that at all. Pradeep, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. You have two girls, and they're growing up, and when they want to get married, how's that going to work for you? Because now you're, you're basically, you know, an American now, right? You've... <laughs> citizenship uh, on on the passport no but ser seriously uh what will they what will you require of your girls love marriage arranged marriage uh you're just involved how would that work 
Um, one of the things that we are very careful in our home is to help our children understand and have a biblical view of marriage uh, when they're young. We make it clear that uh, this puppy love and uh, the idea of looking at uh, the opposite sex in a worldly sense is um, displeasing to God and ought not to corrupt the thinking of the mind. And uh, so we begin with that and then they understand the moment they need to be looking at um, marriage is when they are ready to get married. And that's the point when they start to look at this great gift of marriage that God gives. But I think our, in our culture, it has just been brought down to kindergarten where kids are just talking about boyfriends and girlfriends. And so when the time is appropriate, again, we trust that the Lord would uh, direct our paths in terms of uh, the men that the Lord would bring our way. Um, we would definitely want to be involved in the process of of, um, uh, meeting with these men, uh, with the man that the Lord brings our way, make make it clear that this is truly a believer, someone who is potentially compatible with our daughters, and then uh, bring them to our girls, and then uh, have a courtship rather than the dating uh, scene that we have. If you'd like to listen to Pradeep preach or do some IBS classes, they're all online bbcchurch.org. If you're wondering how to spell Pradeep's name, P-R-A-D-E-E-P, last name T-I-L-A-K. Pradeep, I do have to say, maybe it's schadenfreude, but when I was in India and was meeting all these different folks over the three times that I was there, I have a hard time saying Indian names because it's just different. And then they had a very hard time saying my last name, so I was happy for that. (laughs) So I thought I'm not the only weird one. (laughs) Uh, Tell me a little bit about the culture in India. When I meet an Indian, they say they're a Christian. I I say to myself in general, probably Arminian, uh, probably a little legalistic, and probably a little charismatic. Is that a right assessment, and and why or why not? Uh, I think you hit upon the major trends that uh, you would find in India. Um, The... Let me pick on legalistic first, because the preaching that you typically get, and uh, I want to make sure when I say typically, this is probably the majority. I have seen some good churches and uh, godly uh, pastors who's, who preach biblically. But in general, what you normally see is an authoritarian uh, idea of the pastor. There is a, I don't know if this comes from the um, class system in where uh, people look up to those who are above and I think sometimes it can tend to have preachers who take the text, draw the application, and preach the applications as if that was the mandate of God. And I think one of the things that we ought to be always careful is to let the Word of God speak and then let the Spirit of God draw those applications rather than set up a legalistic system of do's and don'ts that uh, that tend to characterize some many parts of the Indian church. Now, when you talk about charismatics, uh, just as uh, in many parts here, charismatic uh, churches are the fastest growing in India. Uh, In one sense, I'm thankful for them because they are unashamedly evangelistic. They have the gospel. They preach the word. But unfortunately, after people get saved, they do not have the founding and the grounding of the word of God. Rather, there's a lot of emotionalism and there is a, a missing out of uh, how you 
understand the nature of God and the call of the believer to worship Him and to live out this life in light of God's Word. And uh, you mentioned one more thing. Yeah, Arminianism. Yes. And uh, as I had said uh, last week, uh, Arminianism is the default. Most churches are Arminian and not even aware of it. They uh, are brought up to look at the scriptures uh, from a man-centered, from a man's works perspective in terms of you know faith being uh, something that I generate. And um, and so all the all the words on election, foreknowledge, predestination, all get reinterpreted in light of that. Pradeep, I don't know if it's just the way the world works. We imported it to you guys or you guys imported it to us. But if I meet a person here in the United States and they say they're a Christian, it's a, it's a valid profession, I probably think to myself they're Arminian, charismatic, and legalistic, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just the immaturing, uh, immaturity of a, a person. Well, Pradeep, the time goes by so fast. I'm thankful that you're on. And by the way, you're picking this up because you said, you know, like I said last Wednesday, even though that was only 20 minutes ago. <laughs> See, you're catching on to this radio. Uh, I'm thankful for you, your ministry, how your wife uh, was brought to, your, your, to you, your children. And uh, I'm going to try to talk you on, uh, talk you into having one more show uh, next week. I mean, in five minutes. Okay, <laughs> we're on. No Compromise Radio with Pastor Mike Abendroth is a production of Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. Bethlehem Bible Church is a Bible teaching church firmly committed to unleashing the life-transforming power of God's Word through verse-by-verse -verse exposition of the sacred text. Please come and join us. Our service times are Sunday morning at 1015 and in the evening at 6. We're right on Route 110 in West Boylston. You can check us out online at bbcchurch.org or by phone at 508 835 Three four hundred. The thoughts and opinions expressed on No Compromise Radio do not necessarily reflect those of WVNE, its staff, or management.